What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Married to Reality. It's the Married at First Sight edition. I'm your co-host, John, here with my wife and co-host. It's the one and only Teresa right there. Hello, everyone. How's everyone doing? All right. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good. I think I've lost my French accent. French. I've lost my French accent (laughs) since we last recorded. If you guys. Oh, that's unfortunate. If you guys just tune into the Maths podcast. Well, first of all, apologies for missing last week. And, And second of all, we are back from our European extravaganza. France! We went to France. Uh, <laughs> Teresa has not stopped. If you think this is just a podcast thing where, oh, she's doing a bit for the podcast. No, she does this all day, every day now. Yeah, because that's what we do in France. <laughs> and, and now I understand why. Well, actually, no, I was going to say now I understand why the French don't like Americans. But <laughs> Teresa is not American. So I, I, I don't know why they acted the way they acted towards us, Teresa, but uh, I think it had something to do with the fact that we were walking around the streets saying, France. <laughs> and then we were saying, no mercy. No mercy. I'm telling <laughs> Teresa I'm very good. At least I think I'm very good. He's been telling me how to do the French <laughs> accent, but he doesn't know it either. Teresa's like, uh, they'll be like, oh, and, and would you like uh, <laughs> dessert? And she's like, no mercy. <laughs> And I'm like, nah, like, no, no, merci. no, like, no, no, merci. no, that's, I go, no, nah, mercy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, so, guys, I just power napped for five minutes. So I'm filled with energy. It's going to become a new part of your lifestyle, I think, because it's definitely power napping. Or yeah. France. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think the power napping, hopefully the France thing will soon end. I'm sure. But uh, it was a great time. Great, great trip. time. I have one regret. You know what it is? That we didn't walk around the streets carrying baguettes. Yes. Or French, yeah, French And just baguettes. like snacking on it. We snacked on it. Oh, All we right. snacked on everything. But not not on a baguette we're carrying in our little, little pooch. No. Um, <laughs> and if you think we are mocking the French, we are not. There were many others who were walking around the streets carrying baguettes, eating them. We should have done that. And we were not. Well, come on. When we would leave those cafes, we had no room. We couldn't eat between cafes. We were eating at every place we went to. What do you want us <laughs> to eat in between us eating? Yes. <laughs> Intermittent eating? That's yes. not a thing. Yes. But yes. it's so French. It was so good. So good. So good. But yeah. we are back. We are back. We are back. And we are back to discuss. This happens every season. There's there's one episode every season. It's Teresa's most difficult episode. It is the vulnerability episode ah. <laughs> where they say vulnerable or vulnerability every other sentence. That's and, why I had to power nap. And <laughs> you had to rest your tongue. Yeah. And this is that episode, the vulnerability episode, the fishbowl episode, the DP meet and greet episode. DP, finally, it's... Episode 12, and oh, hello, DP. You're actually part of this. Yeah, hello. Um, Which gave me a new Shark Tank idea. Okay. Okay. You want to share or you want to just share with me? I I can't actually bring this to fruition, although we could talk to some people over at Lifetime and, and maybe 
they can make it happen and give us a kickback. But make a a, a Mavs party pack. Okay? Hear me okay. out. Okay. A Mavs party pack where every season there's always these sex toys that they give. A body paint kit. The fishbowl questions. Mm-hmm. And package it up in a little box set that us fans can purchase and play at home. Oh, please don't. No? Oh, you, I don't want you to paint on me. Forget the body paint, but the fishbowl questions could be fun. We, we're having a couple of drinks. We're asking each other these questions. Then all of a sudden out comes the ball gag. I mean, I'm all for the gag. Even... <laughs> <laughs> Even for the pain. But like you and I we know each other so well that these questions are just like a little a little silly for let's say us, but 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 it's a bigger idea than they just might us. Be, yeah, they might be good for something. Do you know how many people like well, there's the 90 day fiance what do you mean extension? Yeah. Right? You bought it for me. What do you mean? Oh, um, <laughs> people would definitely buy that. The I fish full so. questions, the sex toys. The body paints. People would buy this. Yeah, I think so. We should probably cut this out and we will shoot, shoot a message over to Lifetime. Copyright married to reality. That's absolutely true. All right. Yes. We will talk about the episode in all its glory in a second. Real quick, if you guys want to follow us on social media, do it. We're on Instagram at Married to Reality Pod. Good times over there. Also, Patreon. Patreon.com slash Married to Reality. Darcy and Stacy is happening at the moment. Woo. But very soon, like next week soon, we are introducing another show, Seeking Brother Husband. Wait, wait, wait. Next week? I think it's I think it's the end of next week or, or two weeks. I think it's not this Sunday. It's the following Ooh, Sunday. So exciting. Seeking Brother Husband is going to be coming to the Patreon at the Cousins Club level and the Family Affair level. Family Affair gets a video, of course, plus that extra monthly bonus. And then a couple weeks after that, we're going to be looping in one other show, Love in Paradise. So... The Patreon's the place to be starting, well, always, but... Always, but absolutely. It, Come over, guys. Come you're gonna over. Get, you're going to get double the fun starting in a week or so. So patreon.com slash married to reality. Also, just make sure you're following the podcast right here, wherever you're listening. So easy to do. Look down, smash that follow button. Guys, smash it like it's, it's hot. It's oh, boy. Duchess and Hank. I knew you were going to get it. That's an easy place to go. Because there was nothing hot. Um, You didn't think that body painting was hot, Theresa? You didn't think well, that makeup? Well, not the way he did it. You think that makeup sesh was hot, Theresa? Well, when you, like, the only way to makeup is to bottle over a strawberry. Yeah. Lady in the Tramp style. Oh. It also seems very dangerous. Like, you could easily choke on that strawberry. Imagine. I don't want to imagine. That's, that's sad. I also feel like... I love you, but do we want to chew on the same strawberry? Uh, probably not. No. I would eat a banana with you. Well, that got sexual. <coughs> um, so smash it like it's as hot <laughs> as those dogs. And if you haven't left a review, please do. We love the love. So if you could rate, review, we read the five-star reviews on the 90-day podcast. We should do. The Monday night podcast. So, so please, if you haven't left a review, do that for us. Yes. All right. Should we do it? Enough of this housekeeping. Let's talk about the episode, Married at First Sight, Season 16. It's episode 12? Episode 12, as far as I know. Episode 12. So. Okay. I could have said as hot as goat yoga, 
but I could not because goats are vicious, vicious animals. Goat <laughs> cheese, though. Goat cheese. You've had... Well, this is... Yes, and we've told this story on the podcast before. Vicious. But it's worth sharing again. I would never, ever do a yoga with a bunch of little vicious goats. If you guys are scratching your heads wondering, what does Teresa have against cute, adorable goats? Nah. Well... Let no mercy. <laughs> no mercy. Let Teresa tell you about her earliest interaction with a goat. Me, about seven, eight years old, petting a goat. Goat being above me for some reason. Yeah, this part always confuses me. <laughs> why the goat was on a stage while you were petting it. She wasn't on the stage. She was in the little goat house. <laughs> and the house was a little elevated. Me reaching to the goat, <laughs> petting the goat, trying to pet the goat. All of a sudden, something starts pulling and pulling and pulling. And my mom is screaming. And I realized the goat started snacking on my beautiful, beautiful blonde hair. You do have hay-like hair. And I say that with love. And it was when I was a child. It was even, ugh. And so goats eating me. I'm screaming. My mom is screaming, pushing the goat. The goat's not letting go. I, I'm traumatized. My mom's traumatized. I think she kind of laughed, though. Eventually, the goat let go. And ever since, I have this thing against goats because I feel like they look at me as a snack. Yeah. They, wanna, they just want to, like, snack on me. They've told all their goat friends about you. If, they, if you ever see a blonde-haired Czech girl... Give her a taste. They're vicious animals. Um, vicious. You you kind of you kind of get justice every time you have goat milk or goat cheese. So it doesn't kill the goat. It just relieves well, the goat. Did it kill you, Teresa? No, but they snacked on me. And you're snacking on them. It doesn't hurt them. Huh. Who's to say? The goat needs to get the milk out of her um udders, boobs. Mm-hmm. That too. Yeah, the goat boobs. <laughs> I'm not hurting the goat by eating the cheese. However, the goats did hurt me. Okay. Well, I won't bring you to goat yoga. Please don't. Like Nicole brought her father, Mark, and Chris to goat yoga. Apparently, Nicole and her dad, yoga is a way that they bond. They they do it quite often. And so now she wanted to up the ante. I think maybe it's a way of thanking dad for watching her dog. It's like, well, let's include you in... Nice. And bring you to the to the goat yoga sesh. You know, um, not before we move over or move or move on, I've seen a puppy yoga. With, well, that's what I was gonna say. With dogs available for adoption, so you yoga with these puppies who are available. You bond, and by the end, you get a workout and potentially a puppy. No, it's just a great marketing idea. It makes a lot of sense. And yes, I was going to bring that to your attention if you didn't know about it, but of course you did. Do you understand goat yoga? Because I had to look it up because I'm kind of dumb and I thought, well, what is the benefit? I understand the benefit of yoga. What is the benefit of adding goats to the mix? There's none. No, there, there is apparently. Well, what is it? The goats like climb on top of you, poop, yeah. eat your hair? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that. Apparently, even just petting the animals during the session releases a relaxation response. So Why would you pet a goat? I don't know. I mean, they're not, they're kind of cute. I would do a sheep yoga. Okay. But if it's like, if it's like a well-groomed sheep, not the hard, <laughs> not the hard sheep we once touched. I don't know if there's actually such a thing as a soft sheep, 
There my, must be. We've only pet one sheep in our life, <laughs> and it was a very coarse sheep. Very hard. Yeah, to use to use Clint's word, it was a crusty sheep, <laughs> yeah. a, a crusty prog sheep. It was a street sheep, if you will. It was on the streets. She was a uh, part of this whole play about Jesus being born. Yes, and we we gave it a good old pet, and we were like, wow, that is quite, quite <laughs> I, tough. We were so shocked. Very shocked. I think there must be a soft sheep. I would hope so. Um, so it's the releasing of uh, the relaxation. It lowers anxiety. It provides comfort, and it reduces loneliness. So I guess there's a, there's a benefit to throwing in some goats into Apparently. the mix. Apparently. But okay, they finish the yoga, and they start talking, and Chris wants to know... Tell me, dad, dad-in-law, how has Nicole changed as a person over the years? And the response is that, well, her mom and I divorced. It put a strain on our relationship. It, it became hard for her to spend time with me because of my living situation, the bedroom situation. She didn't have her own space. So we kind of grew apart. But Nicole ended up growing as a person and, and they grew together as family. And so now they have a great relationship, which is a happy ending to that story. And Nicole goes, yeah, like things are good. Have you ever seen me this happy dad? And her dad goes, you're not happy. You're content, but that makes you happy. I still don't understand it. It's like a strange backhanded compliment where he can't admit or accept that she's happy, Mm. but but is willing to go as far as you're content. You are okay in the moment. You're not upset. You're not, you're not sad, but you're not thrilled. You're content. So I'm thinking, well, this is weird. Maybe he's not so supportive of this. But then in the next breath, he's like, oh, you know what, Chris? I really respect you and call me dad. Call me daddy. No. It's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so it is all as well that ends well. Yeah, and, and this seemed to end well. They look to be, they seem to be solid, but they always show some tragic moments in the previews. So let's see. Let's get to those tragic moments then. Already, like stop stringing us along. Right. Let's get to a little drama. So then we have our first DP visit. Yes. DP had some sex hair going on this episode. Did oh, you? She looks good. She was tussled. I mean, I don't. Maybe she had some goats climbing all over her but she had some sex hair i don't know what that means but i think she just hit the saloon salon uh, okay and yeah, maybe the saloon she did look a little banged <laughs> up um she's no longer making house calls this season either she wasn't going to their apartment yeah getting that cute mug she always gets of tea or whatever no. she drinks they're doing this at the apartment complex like the common area you know, yeah you know how i know the wall art is in our <sighs> mail room in green Really? Yeah. Oh. I'm always looking at that thing when I'm picking up mail, which is not that often, but it's like in the office when when Oscar and and what's Oscar's boyfriend's name? They go to Pam's art show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's like, "This is motel art." <laughs> That's what it was. Honesty. Um. So okay, she's she's there, and DP wants to talk about trust in the relationship, and so. Nicole, of course, brings up her past relationships and how she's now realizing, oh, my past impacted me more than I thought. 
I think like all these people have such like childhood issues and they just blame everything on it. I mean, we all, I had a nice childhood. Did I have some traumatic moments like the goat? <laughs> Absolutely. But do you blame that goat for your failed relationships? No. No, not for that. I blame her for not liking goats, but. I hear where you're coming from. And I think I would take your side more if we were talking about Eris. Because it's a little bit of a leap for me to go from what he's been through to the way he's treating Jasmine. Um, but Yeah. I was just going to say, I'm talking about this in general. Like, they all have these uh, For sure. Issues. They all have had divorced parents. Yeah. Parents who've, who've left their, their lives for one reason or another. But for Nicole, she was in abusive relationships. Yeah. I could see the correlation between that and her guarding herself or her not feeling worthy in love so that i i can wrap my head around yeah you were right like yes like someone burning you with their with a cigarette and you letting them not healthy definitely probably leaves a permanent mark on you and i don't mean the cigarette yeah yeah um she says, I feel more comfortable in, in this relationship. I feel comfortable opening up and showing emotion. So that's all good and well. Chris is on the opposite end of the spectrum. He's He says, and here comes the first V word of the episode. Yeah. He would always show vulnerability. He never put up walls. And that made some women in his life think he was coming on too strong. But he says, oh, I just had to find the right person. And it took me this process to find the right person. So thank you, Dr. Pepper. I mean, is he that (laughs) vulnerable? Let's let's work on it the first time. Vulnerable. That's pretty close. Vulnerable. I can't. Vulnerable. Vulnerable. You needed five more minutes on that power nap. Vulnerable. I seriously cannot. Don't do it. Don't don't even. You're gonna sprain your tongue. Vulnerable. Nope. It's easy to say. Vulnerable. Yeah, that. Um, I don't. I don't know if he is. It's hard to say. He he doesn't really allow. He doesn't put himself into vulnerable situations. I think I'm thinking about the dog, and the vulnerable yeah. the vulnerable situation would be, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna live without my dogs for a couple of weeks. Yeah, he's right? a baby. And. He's not, he's not allowing himself to do that. So again, I've grown to really like Nicole in each yeah, episode and each episode I like Chris less and less mm. because he seems like he's all talk. Oh, I'm so vulnerable. I never put up walls, all this. And it's like, maybe you don't put up walls because you're right. You're sitting out on the balcony and you're honeymoon bawling your eyes out. You're, you're not putting up this tough exterior. You are showing your emotion, but you're not you're not doing anything vulnerable to help the relationship. You're not exposing yourself to to pain or or suffering in the name of strengthening your relationship. You're just crying to get your way. I mean, did you have to push yourself through a pain or suffering to strengthen straight strengthen? I can't talk. Oh boy. Ugh, that's oh because boy. of because of friends. To strengthen my our relationship. Um, I wouldn't say pain or suffering, but 
You do have to do things that maybe aren't the most comfortable. Like what? Like flying 10 hours to see the family. You love that. I love being in Europe. The actual yeah. travel is is not the most pleasurable thing to do. But you would it, still do it, wouldn't you? You would still want to travel. You love traveling. I lo- yes, I love once I'm at my destination. But those are the things that I that I do. What's well, one of the things that I do for this relationship, right? And you love it. <laughs> it's I, I see it as a benefit. I think you we're, benefit I think of we're, me being foreign. Yes, I think you are misunderstanding what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying the 10 hours oh. that my 6'2 body sits in an economy 38D seat. <laughs> that really weren't that far. We're 34. <laughs> <laughs> 10 hours. I mean, you coming in at 5'6 or however tall you are, yeah. it's a bit more comfortable for you. So, again, these aren't big things, but it's something that I do for this relationship that I wouldn't have to or necessarily want to do for another relationship. So if you were in a relationship with an American person, you would not want to go to Europe? Not twice a year, probably. I mean, I would, but you know what I'm saying. I know, but I, th- I still think I I bring a lot of joy. and. Uh, of course you do. That's and, not even a question. And me being foreign is beneficial and expands your horizons in a way that you didn't even know. You just saw the Venus of Doni Viestonice. Guys... You. It's the oldest ceramic article in the world that was found near Allegedly. my home. No, it is. Near my home in the Czech Republic. And it's been displayed to the public only every 10 to 15 years. And guess who just got to see it? This guy right here. And me. That's I've true. It's only, it. it's only been displayed two two to three times in our lifetime. No, two two in mine pretty much. Right, and we got you to see too, it. Yeah. It's very exciting. You got to, yeah. So you would you would have you would I'm have not even saying, known not, about that's it. not how that's not how this conversation works or, or this equation works. You're just saying have do you do things that are uncomfortable for this relationship? And I'm saying not in the actual sense of like, oh this is uncomfortable. I don't okay. want to do this, but I, I I try to suck it up and do some things. You know what I, I try to suck, I don't suck it up, but it's a, it's stand up comedy. (laughs) Yes. Well, that's one thing, but that it's, 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 it's challenging, but I'm okay with it because it's beneficial to you and me. You know Mm -hmm. what it is? Mm, uh, I don't know. John Mayer concerts. No, I love that. You travel a lot. You're away a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. And a lot of people would not be okay with it. No, and it's like I watch uh, The Lord of the Rings or something you don't like and I yeah. eat a lot of cheese, but I'm still sad that you're not home. Yeah. No, we each have to Yeah. conquer our own our own things. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the fishbowl of questions here. Ugh. The first one, moment in my life I felt the most amount of shame and we touched on it a second ago. It's It was when for Nicole... When her mom first noticed the burn on her arm that she got from her boyfriend putting a cigarette out on her, she lied about it, saying she burned herself with a straightener. Here's the thing. Her mom still doesn't know. She's going to find out by watching this show. Yeah. Which is, that's the craziest thing to me. It is, but I've never, like my parents, well... My parents never really knew about my dating life because I've never had anything serious. Yeah. 
But then when I did, it was you and they knew. So I'm not that surprised that her parents don't know. Well, I guess. And again, I don't know when this took place, but this is going to be a tough episode for the family when well, this comes out. And she's like, and mom's like, wait, what? So you've lied to me and this is what happened. Like, wow. I, why, why couldn't you feel that you could tell me? You should always be able to tell me I'm your mother, please. Yeah, and, right? I agree. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, Chris, surprisingly, the, the, the biggest moment of shame in his life wasn't sleeping in a bathing suit on his honeymoon. <laughs> he, uh, he threw a house party because he's a cool guy and his mom was there because he's a cool guy. And the cops came <laughs> and threatened to throw her in jail because there was underage drinking. When did he throw the party? I don't know, but I, I did. I think it was high school or college. One of Why our, was his mom there? One of our friends would throw house parties. We'd all be in the basement. His mom would be upstairs. Oh. And come to find out, I think the reason was his mom didn't want him to go out drinking mm. and was like, well, I don't want you going out drinking. I'd rather just have everyone come here. So at least I know you're here. Yeah. You're safe. And so that was kind of the arrangement that they had. So maybe it was something similar here. But yeah, who's like, my mom's home bacon brown. It's like, everyone come over and let's party. Yeah. But no. that was his biggest moment of shame. Yeah. Biggest insecurity and in why? Chris says stuff with relationships. Yeah, he feels like he's not worth of love. And that hurts Nicole because he is and she wants to make sure he knows it. And Deep is so happy. She's like, maybe, maybe we created one couple. Maybe. Maybe. Um, the, the actual winner of this episode, I think, for DP is... Kirsten and Shaq. I think yeah. she encouraged them the most and, and they came the furthest after the DP meeting. But yeah, Chris and Nicole probably second. And then the, the final question was what worries you the most at the moment? And Nicole, she's worried, oh, we're in this happy bubble. One day it might burst. And there's a part of my brain that says, I don't deserve to be this happy. It's like, well, your dad doesn't think you're happy, Nicole, so <laughs> don't worry too much. Don't get too excited because your dad just thinks you're content. Also, the bubble needs to burst and you need to run into issues and you need to solve them. That's so true. If you, can, if you cannot do that, then you cannot be together. Like running into issues is not a bad thing if you can solve them. Yeah, there's that that saying, what, look, flowers can't grow without rain or you need rain and sunshine or something like that. Yeah. And... You don't need terrible things to happen no. in your relationship, but but emotions are on a spectrum and relationships are on a spectrum and you do need the good and the bad, the yeah. tough and the easy, and it makes the good all the better. And the tough is where you find out, oh, are we actually meant to be? Yeah. Are we willing to fight for this relationship? Are we willing to sit in basic economy for 10 hours? That's what you find out. Well, if you ever get rich, we can bump it up. Mm -hmm. Took economy plus. Patreon.com. Patreon.com slash married to reality. <laughs> um, speaking of not getting rich, I think it's it's time to take a quick break. Okay. Okay. We have a new sponsor. Woohoo. We are excited to tell you about. So let's take a quick commercial break. We'll tell you about that and we'll be back in a minute. And we're back. 
Hello, Jonathan. Hello, Teresa. Are you ready to get vulnerable? Yes. Yeah, let's let's get let's get to that. <laughs> Kirsten and Shaq. I was so right from day one. She is into him and she wants it more. And now he's kind of like He's no, he's trying. Oh, he's trying, but I think if she's not gonna open up. He's going to give up. But I, I called it like she's going to like it. She's going to like him. I think this episode, that's enough of a carrot dangling in front of him to to definitely, no question, reach decision day and maybe say yes based on the intimacy of this alone. Like he was happy that he was getting forehead kisses, or, yeah. right? And and now they went they went lip to lip, not to jump too far ahead. But yeah, I think this was a big episode for them. Oh, yeah. I think it, it shows some promise. And I think you're right. I think she's warming up to him. I don't think she was into him from the beginning. No, no. But I think she, once you start to get to know someone and you realize he is everything you asked for minus the hair. Then you start kind of, if you, I think she's smart enough to understand that, oh, wait a minute, like that would be so dumb of me if I didn't even try to explore this because of his bald head. Yeah, absolutely. So they're meeting with DP. DP. Here we go. DP says, what do you guys want guidance on? It's, uh, it's an open book. You let me help you the way you need to be helped. And Kirsten says... We need to learn how to communicate better because sometimes we're not on the same page and we got to figure that out. And DP gives a good piece of advice. She says, make no assumptions, never assume. And mm -hmm. she doesn't say because it makes an ass out of you and me. She says something even wiser, Teresa. She says, because whatever you assume, there's a big chance you're wrong. Yeah. Right. There's probably a 50% chance you're wrong. So why even assume? Why not communicate? Why not conversate? Why not ask instead of assume? And then not only will you get the real answer, but you'll open up lines of dialogue. And great piece of advice, DP. And then she says, number two, do unto others as they would have done unto themselves. I think that's the platinum rule. or mm -hmm. There's the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Yeah. And then there's the platinum rule, I think. Treat others the way they would treat themselves. You would treat yourself. I don't know. Something like that, Something guys. Something like, fool me once, shame <laughs> on me. Um, so Kirsten thinks, okay, that makes sense. And, and that could help with the friction that we've had. And so then they move on to their childhoods. Classic. It's a classic area to explore. And Kirsten brings up that her parents split when she was little. And it was a little shameful for her. And it closed her off a little bit because she didn't understand. Mm -hmm. Oh, what's going on? What's Why is this happening? Is it something I did? Right? Yeah. And so there's a little bit of shame. And then Shaq, for his childhood, he says his mom worked a lot. She provided. So she was there for me that way. But not always. she wasn't always physically there for me. I wanted more. And on top of that, I grew up without my biological father. Mm -hmm. I didn't meet him until I was 17. And so... They're getting, Teresa, say it. Vulnerable. Whoa! 
There right? she is. Right? There she is. Hello. They're getting mail out there. They're getting vulnerable. And yes, they're seeing how, oh, sharing these stories, it's important. Now we can understand each other. Yes. And they just need to. I think Shaq is being open. It's Kirsten who has these walls up and she explains it. So I think once those walls go down and she allows herself to be vulnerable. Now you're just showing off. Now I'm just showing off. Uh, they'll be good <laughs> or as good as they can be. Yes. And the, the next thing they needed to tackle was the, the intimacy issue. Yeah. And Shaq, this is where I'm saying like what they end up achieving is such is so monumental because he was all smiles and excited to just talk about kissing on the forehead. And he was like, oh, yeah. there's progress. We're doing better. At first, she didn't want to kiss, but now I'm kissing her on the forehead. Mm -hmm. And DP's like, a forehead kiss is okay, but there's many other types of kisses oh, yeah. that you may want to throw in the mix. I'm kind of surprised, and I'm happy she didn't because I don't believe it, but I'm kind of surprised Kirsten didn't bring up how she's a bad kisser. I thought that's, of course, that's her calling card, but she didn't. She didn't mention well, it. Well, maybe she's trying to wrap her mind around it, thinking, maybe I'll just, I wasn't kissing the right people. So I, I think you can feel like you're a bad kisser if you kiss someone and it doesn't feel right. Yeah. You can think like, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm not enjoying it. Especially if, let's say, she kissed a few people, right? Yeah. And nothing felt right. Then it's probably her thinking, well, maybe I'm not doing it right. Well, kissing is like a dance, Kissing is like riding a horse. If you've ever if you've ever gotten to a gallop, right? You and the horse, you become one. Mm. And so it's the same with kissing. Yeah, if you are kissing someone and they are doing the waltz and you're doing salsa, well, that's <laughs> not going to be good. True. So, yes, maybe she's been kissing the wrong people. Hopefully Shaq is the right person. Yes. There was this... Very cute moment. I found it very cute back at the apartment when Kirsten asks Shaq to sketch the logo for her real estate business. And it turned her on. Yeah. And it turned me on too because I was like, where's Steve Moy? Because this is how you promote your design business. Oh. Mr. Steve, uh, you know, I'm a graphic designer. I do websites, but doesn't have anything to show for it. This is how you promote your design business. Yeah. And Shaq is not even a designer. He's a, he's a man, a, a yeah, jack of all, a shack, a shack of all trades, Teresa. Ooh, and he knows how to use Squarespace. Does he? Well, Kirsten's like, and can you can you build a website? Uh -huh. like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, you can use the templates. Oh, I'm surprised this wasn't a promotion for right? it. Yeah, because it was such a quick little segment. It would have been perfect. It was like, yeah, all you do is go on Squarespace, oh, download yeah. the template of your choice, and edit <laughs> it. It's so easy. In three steps, you'll have your own website. Yeah, that's so funny. But he whipped out his pad. He went to work, and and it, we love this kind of thing. Yeah, and. It turned her, she's like, oh, yes, gosh, I the logo shock and put a pencil behind your ear. Ah! <laughs> and that, that was just the start. Okay, the next scene, we really get to see Shaq in, in full artist mode. Yeah, but. This is Picasso over here. The way he body painted her was like, okay, one arm first, then the other arm, a little bit of a belly, a little bit of a neck. But he painted her like a painter. 
Like, oh, I'm doing Paint your me job. like one of your French girls. <laughs> Jack. Okay. <laughs> um, Shaq. I'll never let go. <laughs> I I don't know why Kirsten had to stand on a coffee table for this first and foremost. <laughs> I'm like, she's going to fall. And I don't understand how this is sensual or romantic or intimate in any way whatsoever. I don't see it. I would worry about a mat. I would do it if we're in a... It's a pain place when you paint on your body, right? And I can mess it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would do that. And then if there's a big canvas and we could just like this. cuddle on the canvas. This is why Therese and I are, are so solid because we have the same twisted ideas. <laughs> I literally wrote down, it would have been better if they rolled around in paint and then rolled on a canvas. Oh, and stop did, it. And yeah. did body art. And then it would be like a color art. Yeah. We should. It's also a great idea. Patent pending. So <sighs> it, it was a hit, I guess. It, it didn't seem like either were too into it in the moment, but the the after activity snacks, I think that's what it was all about. It was oh, uh, yeah. a strawberry and whipped cream in a hot makeout session. Yeah, over the strawberry, but Kirsten said, well, I'm feeling that this might not be it for tonight, but... Only me and Shaq will know. Uh-huh. Oh, we heard a Shaq. You guys going to bang. I like it. And and I said it before, I'll say it again. I think this was all DP. I think yeah. if it wasn't for DP, if it wasn't for her intervention, if it wasn't for her saying, you guys get more in, got to get more intimate, enough with the kissing on the head, paint the body, I think, I don't think it would have happened. So yeah, it's definitely so good it was on you. better than the fish balls. I hate the fish balls. It's like, ugh. Like all these questions, I mean, I get it, but it's, uh, I think if they had three questions to ask and answers, that's one thing, but a freaking ball of questions, I don't think I would want to do that. I know. I wonder if they really go through all of them. They probably do have to go through all of them because then they take different ones from each couple. Yeah. Whatever ones are juiciest. All right. Okay. So that was Shaq and Kirsten looking good, guys. The relationship is looking good. Yeah, the painting. Well, they just needed a canvas. His logo design was better than his painting. <laughs> well, let's talk about someone who needs a lot of work still. And it's Gina and Clint. Clint was Skyping his friend. David. And David definitely spent some time figuring out where he was going to take this video call. Oh, yeah. Because he, he definitely auditioned a few locations. Like, do I take it from my living room? Should I go to Should I go to the dining room? No, I'm going to go to the chaise lounge in the backyard. Yeah, this is cool. This is relaxed. This is, this is a good vibe. Like, you don't just end up there taking a video call. He put a lot of thought into this. Yeah, but they're chatting about the relationship and sailing. And yes, they did go sailing. And yes, the relationship is in a good place. At least that's what Clint thinks. Mm-hmm. Smooth waters. But they need to get deeper. Clint wants to get deeper and learn more about the Gina, not Dina. He wants to know the crust. Enough of the crust. I can't right? I crust. hate that. I don't like that term. It's like, ah. Uh, it doesn't no. make any, first of all, it doesn't make any sense. The crust of something is always like the surface. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You want to you wanna get to the goo. You want to know what's underneath the crusty sheep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the whole crust thing is off-putting and doesn't make a lot of sense. But the friend's like, well, have a little margarita night. Put on a little Jimmy Buffett. Waste away in margarita. They'll get to know each other. Have some fun. Be like a chipmunk. No sudden movements. And... 
Glenn was like, yeah, we're going to, I think we're going to do keg stands. Yeah. He was joking. Was he? Yes. What a weird joke. Yeah, he was joking. I think David didn't think he was joking at first. But I didn't he's think he was like, joking at first. Nah, I well, think he was joking. All right. Well, we didn't see it. So I guess you're right. Yeah, well, they're going to talk to DP Classic. Yes. And Clint says, we're doing better. And Gina's like, yeah, you know, we're just focusing on having fun. Which for me, she sees him as a forced friend that she needs to suck it up. Like, they're not going to make it. Right. They're not sleeping in the same room right I now. think the worst thing about this relationship going to end is gonna be Clint missing Hank mm, they've really grown yeah and it's like they might actually when they divorce they might actually fight over Hank well the good news is they live in the same apartment building so <laughs> they can meet at the bark park true Clint can spend some time yeah but DP wants to talk about the chemistry she wants to talk about like What's going on? You guys are not you guys are not as far as we want you to be. Yeah. So what's up? And Gina says something that kind of got me thinking. She's like, you know what? Like I, I grew up with a single mom, and so for me, I, I'm okay. I can open up and be vulnerable. Yeah. With good. women, and obviously she slipped in the salon. Of course. So she's like, because that's what I do at the salon. And but it's hard for me with the men because of my experience. And I'm like, that's so interesting to me that she said that. Like, I, I almost feel like for me, opening up with women is more difficult because I think women are more judgmental, even though they might not be at first. I I would rather open up with you or like with your or my dad because mm-hmm. I think it is less judgment and more being straight to the point and answering my questions or what I'm worried about instead of like talking in circles. And, you know, you we all know some women, they're my friends, but deep down, like, you know, and let's say you have any issues that they might be maybe a little happy that, oh, okay, okay, you, you have some issues, so I'm not the only one. That's what it is. You're, as you're saying, as you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, I... I feel more comfortable with women strangers than men strangers. If they're my friends, I I have way more male friends than female friends. But if it's a stranger or if it's like a job interview or something, I feel more comfortable with the opposite sex. And I think it's that. It's that it's not true. But for some reason you feel like, oh, it's not it's not direct competition because we're different. Mm-hmm. So I think there's something to that. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was I was raised around a sister and a mother and a father, so like I was acclimated to speaking to all. Yeah, and I genders. can too. Like I feel very comfortable talking to your mom about anything, and my mom too, and my aunt were very close. So I'm I'm okay doing it. I'm not saying all women are like that, but I I do have some friends who I know, and if I open up with an issue. Deep down, they'll be like, yes, like, yes, like, you have some issues. Like, you don't live a perfect life. Like, good. The thing with Gina, it's a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy because, sure, she grew up with a single mom, and so she was comfortable talking to her. But the salon thing, that's on you because I would say, and I don't have the numbers, I mean, I go to a salon, but when I'm there, I look around 
and I'm usually the only guy there. Maybe there's one other. So if you, you started a salon business and you chose to work in that field, you're choosing to just surround yourself constantly with women. You could have gone into a different field and then you wouldn't have this whole, well, I had a single mom raise me and I have the salon, so I'm always around women. It's like, well, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You could have put yourself in a situation where there were more men. You chose not to. Yeah. And I don't think just having a single mom causes someone to be like, well, I can't, I don't know how to talk to guys because I only, I had a single mom. It's like, you went to school. I'm sure there were guys around you. I'm sure you had male professors, teachers. Well, not in hair school. Well, high school, middle school, elementary school. Yeah, I guess. I just think it was a way to promote the salon. I would like to talk about the salon. (laughs) Of course. Um, Clint says, well, I'm always as vulnerable as possible. And Gina gives a big eye roll. Oh, she gives him a lot of eye rolls. She gives a, a big eye roll. And she feels like, well, Clint doesn't ever ask me anything about anything. He says, oh, he wants to be vulnerable and have these deep conversations, but he never initiates anything. It's because Clint expects these conversations to happen naturally, which I kind of understand that. I don't think I would want to get a fishbowl to ask you a question I would just ask you as it comes and I feel like that's how we got to know each other like when we were in a situation or we thought of something something came up that reminded us of something else yeah that's how we got to know each other I know this is different down this is a whole like sped up sped up relationship but I see Clint's point of not feeling like it's being forced oh I completely See his point. He he says, oh, it doesn't feel authentic. It's like a yeah. Q&A. And it's like, that's so true. It should come up naturally. Yeah. The issue is they didn't get off to the best start. So for natural, vulnerable conversation to emerge, it's probably less likely than in a couple like Nicole and Chris who do feel comfortable with each other. Gina doesn't feel that comfortable with Chris. So I don't no. think she's going to be with, with sorry, with, with Clint. So I don't think she's going to be rushing to get vulnerable. So it is going to take something more like a fishbowl to prompt that. So speaking of the fishbowl. Yes. Let's do it. First question. Do you avoid asking for help? Gina, 100%. Delegating (laughs) is very hard for me. She goes, delegation phobia is my number one toxic trait. The fact that you know the term delegation phobia Yeah, I'd say that's a toxic trait. I'll tell you what. It is hard. Like, delegating is hard. It's harder than it sounds. Like, when you actually have to do it, it's hard. It's hard. I completely agree. I don't like people who wear it as a badge of honor of, oh, yeah, I can't. No one one can do it like me. I can't pass off my work. If if it's going to get done right, it's got to get done by me. Like, I don't... And even if that's true, because I'm sure in many cases it, it is true, to be so proud, I don't love I that. I think for me, it's the opposite. For me, it's like, okay, if I... And obviously, I do it. I got over this whole delegation phobia. I do do that, and I, I found a way to do it in a way that benefits me and people around me. Uh, but it took me a while, and the reason why is because I felt like if I delegate my work, what if the other person will do it better? Of course. And then the person I was supposed to do the work for would be like, oh, 
since now on, I want to work with this person over with Teresa. And that was my big issue of like delegating things. And then I got over it because I already thought about it. I'm like, well, this is silly. Um, I need help with certain things and I have people who can help me and I'm fine doing it now, but it was hard. But that's not even, it is delegating, but I think when you're in a position to delegate, you are delegating to, to subordinates. Yeah. So I'm talking about, so they're not doing the work you should be doing. You should be doing a higher level work. You give them not busy work, but work that you don't have time for. Yeah. And so I don't think it's direct competition, but for Gene. It can be, but you need to, if you are in like a supervisor, manager, whatever role, right? You need to be okay with that. A hundred percent. Like that's, that's that's your role. That's the job is is to manage. And for Gina, she wants to talk about, oh, women empowerment. And I support the women at my salon and this and that. It's like, well, letting them thrive and delegating work to them is empowering women. Keeping it all to yourself and saying, no, I need to do it. I need to do it. I need to do it. It's not empowering anyone, including yourself. It's probably going to hurt yourself in the long run. So she avoids asking for help. Clint says, I'm independent, but I also know when to ask for help. That's good. And yeah. Then the next question, one thing I need to let go from childhood Gina says the fear of rejection, which stemmed from her parents' divorce and her dad not being around. And Clint says, okay, I get that. And he goes, the majority, the majority of the week, my dad was never there. He had to walk to work to do construction, probably up hills both ways. But I guess they bond on that. Yeah, because Clint is like, yes, this is the crusty crust I was I talking about. I guess. He's he's happy. Hank is happy. Hank the dog. That's it. What more do you want? What more do you want? And it was like one more question about biggest insecurities. And for Gina, it's like more financial stability and success. What if the salon fails? Yeah, I'm a workaholic. Always at the salon. And Clint says, I'm more insecure about not fulfilling what I want out of life. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's understandable. I mean, he is 40. Gina says, well, that's not too old, but depends what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Gina needs to stop talking about the salon. I get that it's a big part of her lifestyle. The biggest. But if she has even a tiny, tiny desire to make this work, like you need to focus on it. At least like... Think about a salon if you have to do it when you're there. But when you're not, try to not focus on it. Because I, I don't want to say that because I don't know that that's the issue. I think be passionate about your job. Love oh, what you do. Absolutely. W- want to talk about it. I don't think her talking about the salon is the issue. It's her avoiding talking about anything else. Well, that's the issue. No, the issue is that all she talks about is the salon. Right. I think. Yeah, it's fine if she mentions if, if she mentions it, but imagine if all I ever talked about is my job. Like that's it. That's all you get get out of me is my job. Yeah, but I would eventually you would be like, well, well, there must is there more to you than your job? Sure, sure. No, I, I get you, but I don't want to to completely muzzle her from oh, talking. No, about- I I think her being passionate, as you said, is amazing. I love it. I we both are passionate people. 
We love what we do, including podcasting. And that's great that she loves her job. But there are times that you don't always have to talk about it. You need, there must be something else that you can talk about, that you can worry about. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a happy medium. Yes. All okay. right. Speaking of happy or unhappy. Oh, boy. Let's talk about my poor Jasmine and Aries. So DP is paying him a visit. She can't get there quick enough. And she brings up how she feels like, well, things aren't progressing very quickly. And so I want to know, what can I do to help you guys connect? And it's the same old thing. Here we go. Week after week, Jasmine says she wants deeper conversations. She wants heirs to lead those deeper conversations. And that's going to help them form this bond. And she's also hurt by the attraction comments. Like she knew it's a possibility, but she didn't really think about it. Yeah. And the fact that she's in this situation right now, not ideal. So DP says, well, share something now. Share something with Eris to help him get to know you a little bit better. And Jasmine, I guess we got another mentor on our hands. It's not just Shaq because Jasmine mentors young girls. Which is great. Yeah, I love a good mentor. And is always telling them, be true to yourself, speak up for yourselves. And she feels like she's not doing that. She's offering this advice to her mentees, but she's not doing it. I think that was hard to admit it. Yeah, but it's such a common issue. Like how many, how easy is it to give advice and to give the right advice? But how hard is it for you to, to listen to your own advice? True. Like I remember one of my friends, Garrison. Okay. Yeah. In college, he would always call me and he'd ask me for advice on like <laughs> anything, jobs, relationships. And I would, we would have hour long conversations and I would give him advice and he would text me later that night or the next day. Like, just want to thank you again. Like the stuff you said helped me out so much. It was amazing. Right. And that made me feel really good. But I was saying things that I wasn't even practicing. Right. And it's like practice. Okay. What, it's like practice what you preach. And I was just I know we all know. I think most of us know what the right thing to do is. It's just so hard to do it yourself. Like you it's really hard to motivate yourself. I think it's easier for other people to motivate you. That's true. I agree with that. That's why people look to celebrities or to Tony Robbins figures. It's like they need to be inspired by these other people. Yeah. When you know deep down what the right thing to do is. I think so too. It's just hard to admit it. And for Eris, it's like he thinks he's being afraid to being open to people because of his childhood and the dad dying and too many people died, a friend and a best friend and a roommate. And yeah. it, it sounds sad. It sounds like he's been through a lot. However, you cannot blame this on being a shitty person, making bad comments about your wife. I completely agree. And I watch this and think to myself, okay, Eris doesn't need or doesn't just need couples therapy. He needs therapy therapy. Yeah. Because if this stuff happened to him decades ago and he's still letting it affect him in the present, well, you should address that and so have therapy therapy. Well, either that or he uses it as an excuse for his shitty behavior. I think there's that too, yeah. Because 
I don't want to judge anything or anyone, but you guys know we're not religious. And the reason why is like for me, it's like if you do something shitty, you need to face the consequences praying and thinking, okay, if I pray, it'll be fine. That's not how things work, at least not in my world, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why that's my issue with religion that you cannot just pray and everything's okay. And for him, it's like, oh, all right, well, uh, yes, I was being a shitty person. Let, let me bring back my childhood because that was traumatic. I don't know how much of, how much effect it actually has on him when it comes to Jasmine. I don't think any. Well, but he brings that, keeps bringing that back. And you know why I don't buy it? Because then he makes comments about coming on her bag or something. Yeah. And like banking girls. So I'm like, well... It's literally <laughs> he didn't say coming on her back, by the way. <laughs> he said breaking her back. Oh, well. Yeah. But it's literally like all this is about is that for some reason you're not attracted to her. You weren't ready to be married. You loved your bachelor lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And now you're in the marriage that you don't want to be in. And you're trying to, you made shitty comments. And now you're like, ugh, uh, let me, let me try to make it look a little better. So no, let me bring back some trauma. I, I disagree with you because all of the stuff that you just said could could be his personality because of the trauma he faced as a child. Like okay. He didn't have the father figure to set him on the right path. He didn't have a good core group of friends to to set him straight. And so those those traumatic experiences could have shaped him into the asshole that he is today. So I don't think those two things are necessarily separate. But at some point, you have to go, okay, I had a lot of shitty stuff happen to me. Now I'm being a shitty person because of it. Let me take ownership. Let me seek help and let me overcome this. Yeah. Because I have hopefully many more years ahead. I know he talks about always being in the hospital and, and Jasmine wiping his ass, but hopefully he has a bunch more good years ahead of him where he could be a good person to be in a healthy relationship. Well, we'll see. I mean, he has moments when he's trying and he's going to try later. I just don't know if I buy. Like, I don't know if he's being for real or if he's just trying to save his reputation because he, he's been a shitty person to her. So let's go to the fishbowl, right? Classic fishbowl. And let me ask you this, right? They keep going through these questions one after another and Jasmine has no answer to anything. And what I think is like, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's because she has no words or no response. I just think she's so frustrated and doesn't trust him to open up. That That's definitely a good thought. He blames jasmine during this or he, he yeah. tells the camera he's like she says she's gonna open up she's not opening up we're doing these uh, these questions she's not answering neither are you though yeah and you're not taking ownership over that like he literally said like oh yeah these are stupid questions and he's not answering so everything is her fault he's yeah. not looking in the mirror taking any ownership like you're not spilling your heart and and answering these questions you're throwing the pieces of paper to the side just as fast as she is. Yeah. And she answers the last question about like, what worried, worries you the most? And Jasmine is like, I don't manage. Mm -hmm. And walks away. That was dramatic. Yeah. And then we have this little segment of 
Jasmine's mom coming in because Aris wants to know what he can do to make Jasmine to open up more. Yeah. Which is weird because Jasmine is the one who wants to open up. Well, he, but again, he feels like she's not. Yeah. Well. But well, I would say, and this is not necessarily what Yvette says, but I would say lead by example, right? Kind of going back to what I said about we all know the right advice and we can give it to our friends or family, but we can't. Yeah. We can't act on it ourselves. During the fishbowl exercise, he didn't answer one thing openly, honestly, authentically. True. And was mad that Jasmine wasn't. Well, maybe if you took one question and really opened up, she would have followed suit. Because here in this scene, aside from Dutch is just loving on a vet, which is very, and Dutch very is, sweet. Apparently Dutch is ate his shoes. Because mom yeah. is like, so how is it going with Duchess? And we learned that yeah. Duchess just... A little bit of a snacker. A little bit of a snacker. <laughs> Still a swell dog. <laughs> so it's a swell, swell dog. Um, but Eris is like, yeah... Jasmine told Dr. Pepper she wants to have deeper conversations. She doesn't get deep. I I get so deep. I'll go deep on my favorite color. Someone will say, Eris, what's your favorite color? And I'll, I'll say, I'm blue, da-ba-dee, da-ba-die, uh, Eiffel 65. But Jasmine will say, oh, what's your favorite color? And she'll go pink. And not even the singer, just the color, pink. <laughs> and and I, I go deep. She doesn't. And yeah. I, I've never heard Eris go deep before though well i think he goes deep maybe in his own head yeah i was gonna say on the ladies that he said he banged was that a sexual reference it was a sexual reference but, but yeah yeah and mom is like well you kind of need to pull it out of her and yeah i don't i don't know i don't know how this relationship is gonna end yeah it's that says it's up to you guys you need to put in the work and that's where i'm saying yeah you be vulnerable then you lead the way and show show how authentic and vulnerable you can get this is this this reminds me a little bit of my parents in a way my grandma because jasmine's mom is like oh yeah like i appreciate his honesty like and his openness like she's like loving this and it's like my dad out of the hundred things that my mom asked him to do, he does one. And my good Emma puts him on a pedestal. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, Karel, he's doing it all. He's doing everything. Such a great guy. And meanwhile, my mom is like, he's doing nothing. Nothing I ask him. But that one thing that grandma witnessed. Well, and he, it's all it takes for my grandma to think that my dad is the best. People see what they want to see. And your True. grandma wants to see that her daughter is in a happy marriage. Yeah, and I guess. I'm sure a vet wants to imagine that her daughter has a solid man by her side. So people see what they want to see. And, True. And, and that's that. Well, that was it. That's that. That was it. It was it was a fine episode. A I hate these fish you. balls to be, but to be yeah. honest, but Hopefully next one, uh, we need some action, people. Let's get some action. I think the previews, there's some juicy bits. Yes, and I'm kind of like starting to understand that whole video that started floating around of like... Mm, of them, blah, 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 blah. No spoilers. Blah, 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 blah. No spoilers. Because in the previews, we heard that Max slid into Gina's DM. Oh, boy. And so I want to know more oh about boy. that. All right. Well, we'll tell you guys about it as soon as we know about it. Um, until then, follow us on Instagram at Mary Pod. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Reality. 
bunch of good stuff coming up yeah. over there. And right now, Darcy and Stacy. If you haven't left a review, please do. Now's a great time to leave a review. We love the reviews. Rate, review. Five-star reviews get read on the main podcast, mm-hmm. the Monday Night Podcast. I, I, although I hate calling it the main podcast. This one's getting just yeah, about Yeah, like the... Well, it's because 90s are bread and butter. Yeah. This is our, like, bread and, and jelly. Like, we don't need it that often. That's not true. We do it just as much. <laughs> yeah, this is like our bread and... Spread, spread cheese. What do you call it? Cream cheese. Oh, well. Yeah. I don't think that analogy made any sense, but <laughs> Therese is tired. No one listens to this. Uh, some people do. I like oh. the people. We always say like, yeah, no one's listening here. And then that one time we shared secrets and then people messaged us. That was great. That was good. Anyways, not a secret. We love the review. So if you haven't left one, please do. And make sure you're following the podcast, this one, wherever you're listening to. It's so easy to do. Look down, smash that follow button. Guys, smash it like it's yes, hurt. Yes. Hopefully the next episode, because we need some action, some drama. All right. You Not fishballs. No, enough of the fishballs. Right? All right. All right. I've said it all. You said, said it all. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.